No, you do. You need to know enough about finance to be able to speak the language. And, and, and I relate it to just communication. Like if I'm going to go to a foreign country, if I know how to speak the language, I'm going to have a much better trip than if I have no idea how to speak the language. And that doesn't mean that I've got to be like a professional speaker. I've got to be, you know, a literary genius in that language, but I've got to have a basic level of literacy. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Ryan Murray. And uh, Ryan started uh, as entrepreneurship in uh, pre-high school, and uh, he'll maybe give a little insight there. Um, but then uh, really, uh, when he got married, launched a catering business, did that for about three years, um, decided to spend some time learning how to run a business as opposed to just diving into a business. And so went and got a degree in finance from Westminster, um, and then also got an MBA in, uh, with an emphasis in entrepreneurship. Um, and then wondered what he wanted to do after graduation. So did a few internships while I was going through all of that, uh, but then sort of quickly realized that he enjoyed working with entrepreneurs. And so got into uh, do, or doing a bit of more mentoring, coaching, training, and those type of uh, things, um, looking at uh, marketing and management and money and other keys that will uh, help uh, help individuals and entrepreneurs and uh, built the training program, um, did a few different programs. And I've uh, been doing that since uh, 2014 and been growing the business ever since. So with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast, Ryan. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I gave a much more condensed, uh, shortened version of what is a much <laughs> longer journey. So why don't we unpack that a bit? So tell us how, how your entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial journey got started and then uh, we'll talk from there. I, I was going to say, you know, I feel like when those people, you know, they get in a car accident, they're like, my life flashed before my eyes. I'm like, wow, listening to you, my life flashed before <laughs> my eyes. And uh, so, no, I, uh, I appreciate the introduction. It, it was excellent. Don't die at us yeah. yet. Let's keep you with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my, my entrepreneurial journey, uh, I, I don't know that it uh, was too obscure from what uh, a lot of other entrepreneurs have done is, you know, they kind of they kind of start out at a young age with this idea of, of entrepreneurship. Me personally, I always say that entrepreneurship is a terminal disease. Once you have it, you're never going to be cured from it. And, uh, you know, you might go on pause for a minute, but uh, you always kind of come back to it. And, and so when I, when I was a kid, I always kind of dabbled in, in different things and, and a little bit more than, you know, the, the typical lemonade stand. And, uh, yeah. And so, by the time I, uh, you know, finished high school and was getting into uh, getting into college, I decided to launch this this catering company, and I remember there was there was this pivotal moment for me when uh, it was I, I was gearing up for an arts festival, uh, you know, I was going to be one of the food booths at this arts festival. And it was a little bit after midnight. Uh, I was still sitting there prepping food and needed to be up at five in the morning to get ready to, to set up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's after midnight. I'm still working hard and I haven't even started yet. Like, you know, the day starts tomorrow at 5 a.m. and I'm already dead tired. And it, it was a moment where I started thinking, there's a better way to do this. You know, when, when I was running my catering company, so I did that for about three years and, you know, I mean, 
technically I made it, I turned a profit every single year. And so, you know, by, by some definitions, you could say, wow, you know, that, that success is, you know, you were able to turn a profit in those first few years. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure. But there wasn't, there wasn't growth. I was working way too hard for my dollars. I wasn't counting my hours. If I would have given myself any sort of hourly wage above, you know, a buck 17, I wouldn't have been profitable. And, you know, and so it, it just wasn't the right mix. And, and that pivotal moment, pivotal moment uh, allowed me to really think about entrepreneurship as more of a uh, an art and less of a just dive in and start swimming. So I decided to actually learn what I was doing. And um, I went to Westminster College. And uh, at first I was going to just you will get definitely get into Westminster and, and that was there a tipping point? In other words, so you're working hard and I get that. And first of all, a lot of times you're saying, man, I work a lot of hours for not a lot of pay or and you also tend to get burned out. And you're saying, you know, this isn't where I want my life to go in the long run. But was there kind of a tipping point or something to say, was it just kind of a slow transition to where one day you just say, no, I'd like to or look at something else. Or was there a tipping point or kind of what caused to say, you know, kind of that going over, going along for a period of time and saying, I want to switch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. So for me, the first year that I went out, I just made all my mistakes and I sort of had in the back of my mind that, you know, you're supposed to make mistakes. Everyone tells you as an entrepreneur, it's just, you, you make mistakes and you just keep on moving forward. Right. And so I made all my mistakes and, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, my second year is going to be better. And, and I got into my second year and man, I had improved on so many things. I, I had refined my recipes. I had dialed in kind of who I was targeting in, in terms of customers. Uh, you know, I had dropped some of the events that were not very, uh, very good for us, you know, and I, I, I kind of moved to better events. Um, you know, I, I had figured up, figured out how to do faster setups, uh, faster teardowns. And, and, and just really, you know, really kind of refined the process. And at the end of year two, there was not a significant difference between year one and year two. Like in terms of the bottom line, it came out about the same. And I thought to myself, okay, I, I need to make some, you know, some dramatic changes. I, I shouldn't just try and, you know, incrementally improve. Like I need to really shift things up. And so, so I went and, you know, kind of made some of these big shifts. And at the end of year three, uh, there wasn't, you know, there, there, there wasn't much change from year one, two or three. And, and that to me was when I knew what I was doing wasn't making any sense because, you know, when, when you're an entrepreneur, there's something to be said about working hard and, you know, being willing to put in the long hours and, and chase a dream. But there's also something to be said about, okay, at some point, you're not on the right road. Uh, and, and you need to have the humility inside to, to recognize that. So for me, it was year three. I remember talking to an entrepreneur once that uh, they had gone seven years. They owned a, a small boutique retail business on, on Main Street. And they had gone seven years and had never turned a profit in seven years. And I just thought to myself, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> at some point you got the wrong business model. And so, you know, for me, it was, it was three years and I had had, you know, I had had a couple, a couple moments like that one where I was just, you know, flat out exhausted thinking, why am I doing this? And, you know, realizing that it wasn't working correctly, but it was really at the end of year three that I said, you know what? I've tried a lot of things. I've experimented with a lot of things. 
I'm on the wrong road. It, it's time to just, you know, pull off to the side and ask for directions, hypothetically speaking, you know? And so, so, so that, that's kind of what I did is, uh, is, is I, I thought to myself, there, there's no growth happening here. Uh, I'm beating my head against the wall. Sure. I could go around and tell people, yeah, I own a business and, you know, kind of brag about it a little bit, but deep down inside, I knew that it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't getting me anywhere. You know, I wasn't quitting my day job over it. That was for sure. And, uh, and so it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't right. It was not the right fit. And I think that that makes sense. I mean, you're going along and you see all those and I, you know, now I'll give it the, the caveat is I think you get into your own business and you, a lot of times you, you have those thoughts, no matter how hard or how successful, well, maybe at some point, if you reach to a level of success, but for most startups and small business, you're saying, you know, is this worth it? Should I go back to just working for someone else or should I go do my own thing or, you know, that, but I think that, you know, you also get that point of, you have to look back and assess and say, is there, am I really see this as a long-term plan? Is this really what I want to do? Am I passionate about it? Or do I want to go to different directions? So it sounds like you hit that tipping point. So now you're saying, okay, I'm going to go back to school and learn a little bit more about business. And you went into finance and then went and got the MBA. And so, you know, coming out of those programs, it sounded like you were still saying, what do I want to do when you're trying to figure that out as far as now, what do I do with this education or how do I position myself to something where it is sustainable that I do enjoy? So how did you kind of, as you're getting those degrees and coming out of it, how did you figure out what you wanted to do? Yeah. So uh, for me, it really was third time's a charm. Uh, so, you know, the current business that I have marketing management and money, um, we, we actually, you know, we've been going eight years strong uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a great business model that works for me. Uh, this is the third entrepreneurial attempt, uh, you know, that, that, that I took. And so the first one was the catering company three years. And I'm just like, uh, no, that's not going to work. The second one was kind of interesting. So I had gone to school and uh, you know, I studied finance and I figured, okay, Finance is the language of business. Now I'm going to know what I need to do. There's a huge difference between learning corporate finance in, you know, in a college setting versus what startups actually do. You know, I'll just put that, that little caveat out there. But, uh, and, you know, and then I went and got an MBA with emphasis in entrepreneurship and figured, okay, now I've got some education behind me. Let's do this again. And I went and, uh, and I, I actually went into very similar to what I, what I'm doing now with my business. Uh, but the, the whole emphasis was on the marketing side of things. And, you know, we were going to do some marketing consulting that was supported by digital advertisement. And, uh, we, we, we had kind of an interesting, uh, I, I had a really unique experience that, that taught me a lot. So we contracted with a company out of Pittsburgh to manage all of the back end for the digital advertisements that we were going to do. And so we were, we were uh, working with businesses, putting together some, you know, digital advertisement packages. And we had this company out of Pittsburgh that was doing the back end support for us. And it was interesting because as I was working with them, all of a sudden I got to this point that I'm like, uh, something's not working, you know, like there's, there's a serious problem. And, and I went and talked with the, uh, you know, I talked with this company and there's like, no, everything's good on our end. You know, and I'm like, there is a serious problem, serious problem. A couple of weeks go by and I'm like, look, there's gotta be something wrong because this is just not working. And so they dig into a little bit and they're like, oh, we did a major coding error that broke everything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm glad that this is casual for you because it completely 
you know, just ruined the the business that, that I was going after. And, you know, and they wouldn't do anything about it. And, you know, and so I ended up having to shut that business down because of a single coding error. And that taught me to, you know, kind of like back up my core competencies. You know, if there's something that I profess to do that, you know, I'm going to have expertise in, it needs to be something a little bit closer to home rather than, you know, going halfway across the United States, you know, relying on a, on a partnership that I barely formed, you know, two months prior. And so, you know, when I launched into it the third time, I really went into it saying, okay, what are my strengths? And I'm like, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really good at training. Like I, I can work with companies and I can go in and I can get them to perform at a higher level. Like, like that, that's my specialty. And so I built everything around what, what I was good at because everything else, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was strong at. It was stuff that I thought there was opportunity in, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, digital advertisement. That's, this is huge. You know, you look at today with how big, you know, pay-per-click is and Amazon and all these huge players that are making, you know, billions of dollars off of all this advertisement, but it wasn't my specialty. And so even though there was tons of opportunity, it didn't make sense for me. And so I guess one of the things that, uh, that I learned, and I didn't learn this in college, I learned this, you know, out doing it was to stick with your strengths, you know, understand where you fit in, and where you're really good, and leverage that and and that requires you to have a little bit of humility and say, you know what, there are things that I don't do. I mean, I'll do marketing trainings. And this is this, this took me a while to understand, you know, like, I'll go in and train small businesses on how to do their marketing successfully. But they'll come to me and they'll be like, okay, I want to talk about social media and digital advertisement. And I'll just flat out tell them, I'm not your guy. You know, I will we'll talk about how that fits into your marketing strategy, but you need someone who has that technical expertise. And, and I, I felt like because I did these marketing trainings that I had to know everything there was to know about marketing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to understand how to put together strategy because that's what I teach, you know? And so I stuck to my strengths. I stuck to what I was good at. And that's how I've had a successful company for eight plus years, you know, is just sticking with what, what makes sense. And what, yeah. And I, I think that makes sense. Now, one question I'll ask is in, the, in one sense, you're moving out of entrepreneurship and on the other, and you're, in other words, you're helping other entrepreneurs be successful, which is a bit of a different approach. On the other hand, you're still having to run a business. You're still having to find clients. You're still having to provide that service and otherwise assist them. And so, you know, in a sense, you're still a startup, you're still a small business. So sure. what do you think was the difference or the the shift? Was it the, Hey, I'm now more, you know, enjoying passionate or whatever, you know, whatever the buzzword you want to use, but you know, that there's something there that this is what I enjoy doing. And so that now the aspects of startups and small business entrepreneurship, is something I, I tend to enjoy. Was it more of the shift in the type of business or service you were providing or kind of what or what aspect was it that or lended it to being more successful within that given avenue when some of the other entrepreneurial endeavors you found that it wasn't what you're enjoying? Yeah, uh, you know, so I don't know that I would use the word enjoy. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing, uh, you know, like I, uh, <laughs> my wife asked me just the other day, she's like, so do you enjoy what you do? And I'm like, well, I'm bribed with money. And, you know, like if, if the money stopped, I would stop doing it. I would, I would, you know, I would spend my time like 
out hiking around because that's that's what I really and like you don't have to pay me to go hiking, but you do have to pay me if you want me to come and provide my services. And so so I'm like, if you look at enjoyment, I'm like, do I enjoy helping businesses? Absolutely. Do I enjoy making a difference? Absolutely. You know, that that to me, um, I, I, I guess and, and I'll I'll get back to your question in just a second. But what really what really gets me going is when I can sit down uh, with a company, you know, so. I, I had this opportunity where I, you know, I, I, I had uh, this company attend one of it, it's our growth by the numbers training. It's our finance training, one of our more popular. And they, they sat through this training and they came up to me at the lunch break and they said, I just want you to know that I've done tons of financial trainings. This is the most relevant that I've ever seen for small businesses. And I thought it was a huge compliment. I'm like, wow, this is wonderful that, you know, it made a difference for them. And then at the end of the training, they came to me and they said, hey, could you help us implement some of this stuff? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, when, when are you thinking? They're like, what are you doing now? Like, oh, wow, you're serious. And they're like, yeah, we literally want you to come check out our business now. And so I'm like, well, let me, let me wrap up with the training, finish up what I'm doing, you know. And so I went over to their business and I sat down with them for a couple hours and literally in a couple hours, I saved them between about ten dollars to $20,000 of, you know, a simple mistake that they were making. And, you know, and, and, and I walked out of there, like, feeling like, one, I, you know, well-earned what they paid me. And two, I made a huge difference for them because this was ongoing that they were going to see these savings, you know, in their business. And so that, to me, is, is really where I kind of found my groove and where I found my passion. Now, now, tying that back into the question that you were asking is I needed to realize that that was where I needed to be. Um, you know, like I, I love – one of my skill sets is being able to relate well with what is happening in a small business, you know, being able to understand – what, what some of the real challenges and the real problems are. And, and so I developed training models around that, you know, trying to keep it very real and authentic and, and not so much shark tank style where I'm like, yeah, sharks, there's nothing wrong with shark tank, but you got to realize that that's like a really small minority of businesses. that are going to fit the shark tank model. The majority of businesses are guys that, you know, they, they run a, a quick loop joint. They, they run a restaurant, they, they run a bookkeeping service and, and it's not flashy, it's not exciting, but they still are entrepreneurs and they still have passion. And I've been able to connect with, with those types of businesses. And so for me, for my own business, we realized that our target market was the, the real entrepreneurs, we like to call it, you know, the, the people who make up 80 to 90% of the small businesses, uh, you know, across the United States, that they're just they're just doing their business. They're just out there, you know, doing what they're what they're good at, and they need a little bit of support complementing the uh, you know the the money side of things, the management side of things, the marketing side of things, you know, and and that's where we really shine is coming in. We don't we don't consult, you know. I I've done consulting before. Uh, I've enjoyed consulting. Um, I'm I'm pretty good at consulting, but that's not you know that's that's not the that's, that's not the mix that, you know, that, that, that those are not my secret herbs and spices. No, and I think that makes a, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I, I don't know, you raise an interesting question, which is I, I tend to use the word enjoy and in a sense of if I had unlimited funds, would I come in and work? 
I, I still might. I, I mean, I, I have a, a, a sense of I love to build things and to grow things, but there is a point of would there be a trade-off to where I may not work as much or I may adjust that? Sure. But I think that there is a level of enjoyment you can still find within a business or a startup first, or maybe it's a relative term. In other words, hey, I don't like working for someone else. And if I'm going to, by necessity of life, I have to earn an income and I have to pay the bills. And if I'm going to do something relative to working for someone else or doing this other job over here, I enjoy it much more now. Maybe I'm not as saying it's, it's what my passion about or what I would do if unlimited funds. So that it is a, it's a fair point or an interesting question. Well, and, and this is something that I like to bring up with entrepreneurs because a lot of people, they love what they do. And so they automatically want to turn it into a business. And I'm like, there's a difference between a hobby and a business. You can be going through the exact same actions, but I've seen so many people hate their passions once they turn it into a business. And I'm like, you got to understand like, why are you, why are you wanting to turn this into a business? You know, is, is it that you really want to be an entrepreneur or is it that you're just super passionate about it? And some things, you know, you see this a lot with artists, like my wife, she, she's an amazing singer, a phenomenal singer. And, you know, she gets asked all the time to sing and she does like these community concerts and different things like that. And she's kind of a little bit of a local celebrity and she always talks about, Oh, I want to go big. I'm like, mm, do you want to go big? Because you're having a lot of fun right now. Like you really enjoy it. And I'm not sure that you would enjoy it if you were, you know, having to travel constantly to, uh, you know, to, to sing to a different audience all the time. I'm like, you know, maybe you've got a good thing. Maybe you should just leave it a hobby and, and, and be okay with that. But other things, you know, the passion comes in growing a business. I mean, there's a lot of satisfaction in providing, you know, great jobs for people and, you know, providing great products and services like that, that has its own level of satisfaction. So, yeah, it's. And I agree. And, and you know, that we, and it's a, an area where we could chat, I'm sure, for quite a long time in the sense that, you know, it's interesting. I, I left, I worked for some very large law firms over the, the space of my career before starting my own. And I always think, you know, and I always think, well, you know, most attorneys is, hey, I want to go and just become a huge behemoth law firm. And that's my factor passion of when I start a law firm. And I think, you know what? growth is good and I want to make a good income and I want to be sustainable. On the other hand, do I want to become a huge law firm to where you have hundreds of attorneys and you're having multiple offices? Does that sound fun? And I think to your point is sometimes that doesn't sound fun and it's, you know, the, it would lose the, what is, does make things enjoyable or what makes it fun to come into the office. It, you would lose some of that. So I think that that's a fair point. And we could, now we could talk on that all day and I'm sure it would be, maybe we'll have to have you back on for a, you know, an expert episode and we can dive into that a bit more. Um, but in the meantime, as, as we're getting back a bit to the, the journey, and which is happens to be the folks of the podcast, um, so we bring ourselves up to, you know, kind of where you're at today and how you're helping other businesses and how you find that that's where you're kind of your sweet spot or the, or the area that at least I would say you enjoy, however we uh, define that. Enjoy it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love what I do. <laughs> But, you know, so now as we've caught to uh, or caught up to a bit of the, the present, you know, I always ask you questions as we talk through the journey, as we reach to the present portion of the journey, which is so along your journey as you've now come up to where you're at today, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? So, uh, you know, I don't know that I could pinpoint it down to one worst business decision, but there's been a reoccurring theme. And that is um, like who you partner with. And so, so first off, I think that every business has partnerships, whether you're in a formal partnership or whether you just have, you know, people who they might be mentors, they might be advisors, they might be a spouse, 
you know, but you've got to be so selective with who you partner with. And so all of my, you know, regrets, business related, I can always pinpoint down to a partnership that I wish that I either would not have been in at all, or I wish that I would have not taken as you know seriously as I did you know when when I talk about that that second business that I did that fell apart because I jumped into you know the the company that we were working with they weren't a bad company there was nothing wrong with the company they just weren't qualified to do the level of work that we wanted done and so I formed a partnership with them thinking that they were just as excited about my success as I was. I'm like, no, they weren't. They were collecting a paycheck. And, you know, I was just, I was paying them for a service that was a little bit over their heads. And, and so, you know, I, I, I look at, at like, who, who do I partner with and, and are those the right people? And, you know, I could say the, the, the flip side of that is the best moves that I've ever made in business have always been connecting with the right person. And that can be a formal partner. That could be connecting with the right customer. You know, I mean, like I, I've got this one customer. She is amazing. And I look at how much business has grown because of her. Like she goes and, and just, you know, every time that I've done a training for her, she'll tell, you know, three other people and, and like, just, I, I get these quality contracts that are all coming from her. And I'm like, that's the type of partnership that I want to have. So to me, I, I think that we, we don't recognize how critical to our success partnerships are and just the right partnerships, they, they make your business, the wrong partnerships, they break it. Oh, and I think that that's an absolute uh, great takeaway. And I think that one, you know, one thing you hit on is that oftentimes you think people either, whether it's partner and employees that are coming into the business, that they're going to work every bit as hard as I am, and they're going to be as passionate, and they're going to love it, and they're going to just work the nights and the weekends or whatever it takes to be successful. Then you get in and say, no, they're not. Like, And that's not a bad thing. It's not that, that you're, you're probably putting an unrealistic expectation on them to say they're not going to be the same as a person that starts a business. They may not have that, and some people are there. You know, and it sounds like, you know, you say they're for a paycheck and that's not a bad thing They're If they're doing a good job, they're providing a lot sure. of great services. Yeah. They're doing a great job. They're helping you build your business. That's what they're there for. And you should just recognize that. But I think that when you then change that from it's an employee or it's a, you know, a contract or something else to it's a partner, you got to make sure that those are the people you really are, are that are going to be worthwhile to make in or they're going to be passionate and otherwise, and you, that you want to take on a partner. Put aside that whether they're a good fit, some people, and I'm probably in that boat, I don't want a lot of partners. I don't know if I want any partners just because not that they're bad, but I like to be in control. I like to say, hey, I want to decide the direction for my business. I want to maybe be able to make the decisions. I don't want to have to do decisions by committee. I want to know if we if we do well, then it's because of me. And if, it's, if we don't do well, I have no one else to blame but myself and on and on. And so I think that you, you raise a lot of interesting points with that. Second question I always ask is, you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? So I, I know that I kind of uh, downplayed this a little bit. And so I'm glad you're asking this question to give me a chance to, uh, to, to uh, just kind of clarify uh, what I stated earlier with, I, I went to school and I got this degree in corporate finance. And I said, you know, corporate finance and small business finance, you know, they're so unrelated. However, finance is the language of business. And one of the things that I think is absolutely critical is 
every entrepreneur. I, in my mind, I put no exception to this. I don't care what, you know, I mean, you, you're a, you're a legal firm, right? And you're a legal firm who does a podcast. So you could argue, you're like, well, I don't necessarily need to have, you know, this, this understanding of financials because that's not what I do. And I'm like, no, you do. You need to know enough about finance to be able to speak the language. And, and, and I relate it to just communication. Like if I'm going to go to a foreign country, if I know how to speak the language, I'm going to have a much better trip than if I have no idea how to speak the language. And that doesn't mean that I've got to be like a professional speaker. I've got to be, you know, a literary genius in that language, but I've got to have a basic level of literacy. And I think that's one of the mistakes that entrepreneurs make is they assume that because they're an amazing, you know, uh, web developer, that they don't have to worry about finance. I'm like, no, finance is the language of business. You need to speak enough that that you can see what's happening and, and know where it's going. And, and so the advice that I would give kind of gets summed up in, if you don't have a basic understanding of small business finance, get one and, and spend the time reviewing your financials and, and just being, you know, being current. It doesn't actually take that much time, but it gets ignored by so many entrepreneurs. And, and so don't ignore the finance, learn what you need to learn. You'll be so much happier with whatever business endeavor you're in. Oh, and I think that that's absolutely great, uh, great piece of advice and great takeaway. So, well, now as we wrap up with the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to hire you, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, <laughs> what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? So uh, email is going to be the best, ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. You can uh, check out our podcast. It's Marketing Management and Money. Uh, or you can go to our website, marketingmanagementmoney.com and uh, check out the different trainings that we offer, the different programs that we have. Uh, we'd, we'd love to uh, love to connect and uh, love to meet new people who, who are interested in the entrepreneurial journey. All right. Well, I uh, definitely encourage everybody to reach out, connect and uh, find out more. And uh, with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com. Glad to be on the show. Um, a couple more things. Make sure to listen. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share. And make sure to leave a review because what we want to do is make sure that everybody finds out about all these awesome journeys and can find help along their own journey. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, Ryan, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you.